0: This is Echo Zoe Radio, episode 125 for September 2018 with Aaron Lovarko, A Conversation with an Israeli Believer.
1: Welcome to Echo Zoe Radio, the podcast outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries, where you'll hear about important topics affecting the church today. Our primary goal is to explore a variety of issues while remaining faithful to God and His Word. Stay with us for the next hour as your host, Andy Olson, shares his conversation with this month's guest. Here's your host, Andy Olson.
0: I'm Andy Olson. Thanks for listening to Echo Zoe Radio. This is episode 125 for September 2018 with Aaron LaVarco. Aaron grew up in a traditional Hebrew family in New Zealand, but came to faith in Christ in his teens and subsequently immigrated to Israel. We met in 2014 on a tour I was on, and Aaron was my tour guide. He was in town a few weeks ago visiting family and friends and sat down with me for a somewhat atypical discussion for this podcast, but an enjoyable one nonetheless. Uh, Given the much more informal nature of this particular episode, show notes are on the rather light side, but you can find them at echozoia.com slash 125. With that, here's my conversation with Aaron. Aaron LaVarco, it's great to have you not only on Echozoia, but you're here in studio, which is no small thing because you live in... Where do you live? I live in Israel. You live in Israel, so it's, it's... not like you just drove down the street. And <laughs> no, yeah, it's good to be here, Andy. Oh, you yeah. got quite a Israeli accent, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ah. joking.
2: All right. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a little mixture of uh, New Zealand, um, American, Israeli, and I guide all kinds of. Uh, tours from the UK, from Asia. So it's a little, little mixed.
0: And and that's how we met was, uh, I've had Ryan. Ryan is my most frequent guest, Ryan Habina. Ryan is a board member on Echo Zoe Ministries and whatnot. And and Ryan leads tours every two years. And Ryan brought me over on in 2014 and we worked on Jerusalem's King and yeah. whatnot. And we met on that tour. You were a yeah. tour guide and, um, uh, a lot of fun. I know mean, we talk about our tours very, uh, we have a lot of fun with our tours with Mount Moriah and stuff. And, uh, and and you're coming you're, again sometime? Well, I'm coming in with, with Ryan in uh, the spring. We're going to come over and do some filming. And my hope is that as my, you've met my kids today, or at least you saw them running around, as they start getting older and can handle uh, doing the walking on a tour and, and handle, you know, kind of that aspect of things, I, I'd like to start bringing them over nice. one yep. by one and let them see the Holy Land and whatnot. So. Good. So I, I was just explaining to you before we started that, Normally I have a, a topic in mind, but I think you're a fun guy to talk to. And so I, th- I just want to have a conversation and, um, there's a lot of different things on my mind. I think it'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, let's do it. And, uh, Whatever. so, uh, just for my listener's sake, I mean, this is going to be a little bit atypical show, but, uh, I want to start with, um, you're, you're an Israeli, you're ethnically Jewish, but you're a believer. Tell me a little of the story about coming to faith in Christ, and and like that whole story. It's interesting. I know the story, but it. Yeah, well, I
2: grew up in uh, New Zealand and uh, traditional Jewish family. Went to Hebrew school, learned how to read and write Hebrew. Had a bar mitzvah. Went to the synagogues. Went on the high holy days, um, and it was it was quite a warm uh, environment to grow up in uh i have good memories of all of that went to jewish summer camps <clears throat> and uh i i i thoroughly look back and and am appreciative to my parents for bringing that into my life mm-hmm. uh it wasn't easy growing up in a very uh gentile uh, environment like new zealand mm-hmm. only about or 5000 jewish people in the whole country
0: Um, New Zealand is, uh, I I always like how Ray comfort jokes that he he talks about Australia and he says, it's a small Island off the coast of New Zealand. (laughs) I know.
2: Yeah. That's a common, uh, common thing.
0: (laughs) Common joke. Common
2: joke. Um, yeah, where I grew up in a population of about 3 million people in the whole country. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, as I say, out of that population, there was only a few thousand Jewish people. So we, um, we kept to ourselves and we, we also, we assimilated. And so I grew up as just a normal New Zealander, Kiwis they call them because mm-hmm. the native bird there is the, the Kiwi bird. And even the fruit, it, the, the original name of the Kiwi fruit is Chinese gooseberry, but when it arrived in New Zealand because of the texture of the skin and because of the furry coat of the Kiwi bird, they call it the Kiwi. Oh. So uh but it's actually a Chinese gooseberry. So anyhow, we we're called Kiwis, mm-hmm. uh New Zealanders. So yeah, I grew up as a typical uh Kiwi and uh but with my Jewish uh religion uh culture and the, the social aspect of it as well. Nothing really spiritual there. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know really if there was a God or not. Sure. Uh yeah. wasn't relevant to me
0: you, uh, like, kept kosher. You talk about doing high holy days and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah,
2: definitely kept the high holy days, took that, those days off school,
0: Um and... uh Well, you were just joking at lunchtime that that just in the last week you lost your kosher virginity, you said, <laughs> because of the way yeah. you put it. It was kind of funny, <laughs> by having some, some crispy bacon.
2: Well, I don't know who's listening to this, and I, <laughs> I hope my rabbi isn't, but anyhow... <laughs> I, I I did have bacon for the first time in my life. And um but what's interesting is when you when we talked about how Abraham was uh hosting the three men and the third one turns out to be the Lord Himself, mm-hmm. uh, that they were eating uh meat and milk together. And so in answer to your question, yeah, I grew up biblically kosher, meaning I didn't eat all the biblically prohibited foods. Mm-hmm. However, when it comes to the rabbinical, uh, forbidden and non-forbidden, which is not eating milk and meat together that we didn't really care about so much. So a
0: cheeseburger was okay. I would
2: have a cheeseburger. <laughs> okay. I would have uh ice cream after a good steak, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't a, a big, uh, big issue. I
0: had a, a coworker kind of, kind of friend in, uh, like one of my first job out of school who was Jewish and, uh, you know, we'd get to lunch hour and there was a, a restaurant in the building. So we'd go down and have, have some lunch together and stuff. And, and I remember her getting cheeseburgers and I'd give her a hard time. Cause she was, she was Jewish. I mean, and that's not kosher. She's like, well, I keep kosher except this. I put cheese on my burgers.
2: Yeah. We, we always have the exceptions to the rules, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, um, a big uh, change occurred when i was about 16 i was in a quite a serious car accident where my best friend uh got killed uh it was a shock to me it um started a process in my life where i began to ask deep philosophical questions existential questions um I wondered how easily that could have been me, but it wasn't it was him instead and so um the, my whole mortality that issue came face to face yeah, and um and I was a teenager, and I was experimenting things, and I was playing with the things of the world and um. Yeah, spirituality, there wasn't really anything there. I was very open. I was very much seeking answers for the next few years that carried on. Uh, when I tried to find answers b- back in the synagogue. I, I went to one yoga class, um, and, yeah, I became more and more uh, disillusioned with life. Mm-hmm and um you know when you're in darkness you, you don't know exactly where the light is you just it's a, it's a constant spiral of of darkness and um that's when a big change happened uh i was working away in the capital of new zealand city wellington and uh a christian man joined the place that i was working and he was a very um open uh, in your face kind of uh, personality wasn't uh holding back on any of his beliefs and um i was just drawn to this man and um uh, something about his personality his the 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 life that he had the the um the light mm-hmm. the life and the light and so i was drawn and we began to talk and talk and talk and i had all these questions and he seemed to have all the answers and all the answers seemed to come from either his uh, own experience of life and the 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 bumps and the bruises and the the hurdles the walls um and uh, the answers also he would throw at me left, right, and center from the Bible mm-hmm. and uh, Old Testament, New Testament, and it just—it almost seems like I was uh, an apple on a tree ready to be picked, and he was the guy who came along and did it. And I didn't struggle, I didn't kick, I didn't fight. Um, I just kind of fell in his basket, and uh, he introduced me to the you know the basic gospel message mm-hmm. and uh i had a, a, enough understanding um from my jewish background to understand the concept of the the temple and sacrifice for sins and uh, the priesthood and i come from a uh a, a, a levitical background my my last name levako my mother her maiden name is levy um, we believe we're from the tribe of Levi, or as I say to some of my friends, you know, I, I'm convinced I'm from the tribe of Levi. It's in my genes. <laughs> but uh, so I, I had that understanding, the, the the concept and the need for, uh, for sacrifice for sacrifice, mm-hmm. and so that that was not a, a, a struggle. That was not a big issue for me. So, you know, the idea of uh the Messiah coming, offering himself or you know, God the Father providing that sacrifice, his son, um it just clicked? It it clicked. It didn't uh it it you know, if God can can create the heavens and the earth in six days, if he can part the Red Sea, if He can allow a woman who's 86 years old, Sarah, to become pregnant, you know, then is anything too hard for the Lord? So mm-hmm. it wasn't an issue, um, you know, and he would quote from the Bible. So is, for me, there was a safety net, the fact that there was this quotations from our book, from a book that has lasted for, you know, millennium. Mm-hmm. There was that, that to me gave me a sense of security. <clears throat> um, another thing that probably I look back, uh, a major, um, defining moment in my life was as one day we were talking about, um, biblical things and truths. And he started to talk to me about some of the different, uh, covenants in the Bible from the covenant with, uh, Noah to Moses to David to uh, the new covenant. Um, the very moment that we were talking about the the theme of covenants, uh, this beautiful rainbow appears in the sky. And uh, he said, Look, he said, there is a rainbow. And do you remember the story in the Bible? After the flood, the Lord promised to Noah that there, I will never flood the earth again. And see, I've put my rainbow in the sky as a sign. Mm -hmm. And uh, that made a huge impact. Uh, I think I could look back and say that was my first spiritual experience, spiritual awakening, and it was a turning point for me in my um, approach to the Bible. He quoted that from the Bible. So for me, the Bible became the inerrant, infallible, Authorized, inspired, actual words of God. So anytime he quoted me, not just the Old, but the New Testament as well, I just like, it was like a sponge. Mm -hmm. And um, so intellectually, it was not a struggle for me. It it was really quite a simple process. Um, It's quite interesting. As I started to become enlightened, and um kind of almost like a uh a caterpillar going into a cocoon uh, ready to come out as a caterpillar um i use that as a kind of uh, uh uh a picture of where i was at i was in this cocoon ready to fly because i was like uh, felt i was like a new person like being born again mm-hmm But at the same time, it was like someone was in that cocoon who who had uh, latches on my legs, wasn't letting me out, and that was the real uh, deep, deep seated fear that I had of what would my family and the Jewish community ever say to this? How would they ever, you know, take? Uh, this. so I played around with it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, kept on going back and forth. You're,
0: you're in your mind. You're counting the cost.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I was like, um, you know, this is real. This is real. Jesus mm-hmm. said, "You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free." And uh, this was real. This was mm-hmm. no, um, um, you know, the, the it, it, it was like the the pieces of of the 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 jigsaw puzzle of life were being placed and uh and i was part of it and i was getting it but uh as i say the fear was also very real and uh so this this you know contemplating the cost contemplating the reality of the message mm-hmm. um it was like a i had uh a cognitive dissonance a internal conflict here and um the greater the fear the greater the reality of the truth was so um i almost had like a split personality going on here and um so you know i came to the place where i i knew that um i couldn't just go on playing around Either way. And I didn't like my life at that time. So, Mm -hmm. uh, it was, it wasn't that difficult for me to go ahead and make the decision to, to, to follow the Lord and to follow his Messiah. Um, I did, I, I, I made the decision, but I'm, I made it in a very private way.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And, um, so, you know, I started to study the Bible, study God's word. Um, So in a way I was flying as a butterfly, but I wasn't totally free. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really flying as, as much as I would like to. And, of course, that's because, uh, you know, the, the, the city that I live was small. People talk. And so, you know, my kind of personality, I'm very expressive. Um, Uh, I couldn't totally be myself. And so, you know, for sure, sooner or later I knew it had to come out, and it did, Mm -hmm. and uh, that was explosive. (sighs) That was like um, a very dramatic uh, scene, Um, sitting down, being um, interviewed, interrogated, uh, questioned, all of the above by my parents. And uh, me not really knowing that much from the Bible to defend myself Sure. to not, not really knowing enough from where they were coming from The, the sense of betrayal, the sense of, um, from their point of view, they saw me as joining a movement that historically hates Jews. And, um, you know, uh, historically, sadly, the Christian Church have done terrible things to the Jewish people in the name of Jesus, mm-hmm. which I knew nothing about, but uh, I was fast learning. Yeah, and it was very hard to defend my faith uh, and my newfound Messiah to these accusations, which were real. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I just had a uh, kind of almost like the blind man in John chapter um Five when he was questioned, and you know in the end, he just said, "Look, I don't know, I don't know who this guy is. All I know is I was once blind. no, now, but I, now see. I see, and mm-hmm. that's that was my reality. I mm-hmm. was a different person, I knew the power of God's love. I knew the power of his holiness. I knew the power of his forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that, that was, uh, strong enough and real enough for me.
0: Yeah. I I can, uh, sympathize to a degree. Obviously I've got a little different background. Um, my family, I grew up in a very liberal Lutheran background and and we were kind of Sunday Christians, you know, we were, we just lived as normal Americans Monday through Saturday and, but mom and dad thought it was important to go to church on Sunday morning. And uh, my parents were decent, hardworking people and they weren't into, you know, they weren't drinkers or smokers and they didn't get into things that, you know, were kind of seedy or anything like that. But, um, but I got saved in college and I came home. It was at the end of my third year of school. I was in a five-year program. So I, I uh, was that in my it was in ninety nine, which would have been nice. Uh, yeah, my third year of school, I came home and I, I sat down. My dad had a, an office in his basement; he still has an office in his basement. And I sat down and I I just wanted to share my new faith with him and telling him all about it. And I could I could see the look on his face, like you joined a cult. <laughs> you joined a cult, and he he didn't know how to handle it, and he warmed up to it rather quickly. I think in the end he was happy he was glad to see that you know when I got older in in the Lutheran church they go through confirmation kind of in junior high early high school because uh, they baptize babies so so then the believing side of things is we're going to take you through confirmation so you can profess faith you know and uh so I went through confirmation that his you know they wanted me to go and so I went and and then uh once I was finished with confirmation, their attitudes was as far as the church is concerned, you're an adult, you make your own decisions. And I'm probably 14, 15 years old at the time, but I'm like, I, you know, I'm a kid, growing kid. I, I can't make it to eight o'clock service, you know. And our church had eight, nine, and ten thirty. And so if you want to go to ten thirty, I'll go to church with you. But if you're going to eight, I'm sleeping in. <laughs> and he kind of felt like maybe I was giving up on that church history and so when I actually got saved and I'm sharing it with him, he was a little scared at first. Like it's you know, I I remember it was like yesterday, you know, this like my son joined a cult. Look on him and but uh by the time I got married, um uh, five years later, he was clear to me that he was proud that that, you know, I had returned to the faith. I you know, I I wouldn't say returned. He thought, you know, I I had come to faith but he was happy to see that now I I'm not only going to church but I'm going there for a reason I'm going there to worship not just out of some duty and whatnot but uh but I can definitely sympathize and I think I had it easier but enough to sympathize that that look on a father's face like what what did you get into Well yeah
2: I look back and I I think I can understand to a degree a little bit about what they went through the, the, um, being part of the Jewish community. Um, and my decision, you know, they probably looked at it as a little bit of a reflection on their failure. Sure. Um, Yeah. And I don't see it at all that way.
0: And that's, Uh, that's not unique to to Judaism. I mean, a lot of Catholics go through the same kind of thing, you know, and when, uh, their kids come to a, a biblical faith rather than a papal or a Romanist faith. They they go through. A, they count that same cost, and they're shunned by family, and yeah. it's a betrayal. Yes,
2: um, yeah, cultural tradition. Islam,
0: you know, a Muslim that comes to faith, right, right, very similar.
2: And um, <clears throat> yeah, we uh, we we didn't um, we didn't talk for about five years. They wow. pretty much completely cut me off. And uh, in those years, um, I had a wonderful home congregation, Baptist Church in a city called Auckland, Mm -hmm. who really loved on me and and helped uh, get me established. Uh, One particular man, um, Stan Conway, he he encouraged me to memorize scripture,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, I just um... which I've noticed. You know where I went on the 2014 tour that you you do, and 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 you're always throwing scripture out, and you, and not just in the tours, but in the stories, in the fellowship, in the discussions that you have. You're always throwing out scripture, and I, you know, the Bible is
2: our is our. Uh is our life it's our mm-hmm. it's our uh, history it's our uh, where our root is. it's 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 the record it's a record of where our roots come from it's mm-hmm. very important it's yeah. to, to know who we are um this is this is where we go to this is these are our genealogies this is talking about my our, our my grandfathers and my great grandfathers mm-hmm. this is my my family here and um <clears throat> so uh you know moses he he talks about the 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 words of life the book of life and so um uh you know i used to memorize scripture like uh i was a, a you know a, a thirsty dying starving man mm-hmm. and um so this congregation really helped get me established. I ended up going to a Bible college for a few years. Uh, then my. Uh, Where
0: did your uh, immigration come in? You, you well, ended yeah, up moving to, out to to Israel. Yeah.
2: Towards the end of my third year of Bible college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, big decisions. What am I going to do after I graduate? Well, fortunately the previous three, three summer uh, uh, vacations, when I was at bible college uh doors opened for me to come to Israel. Mm-hmm. I had a few contacts uh, working holidays um, I'll never forget the first time I came to Israel uh, we came through Greece we came through Jordan we went to the some of the biblical sites there and uh they were you know they were special uh, of course uh but nothing had prepared me for when I got to Israel Mm -hmm. and um, something very, very deep in my soul was unlocked and opened up and um, I just, this was, this was my home. Mm -hmm. This was the, the home of my forefathers. I was looking around in the streets at uh, hundreds of people walking around wearing yamulkas skull caps, um, not being ashamed of it in New Zealand. You'd never do that Mm -hmm. in in some places in the world. You'd be committing suicide to do that, but here, uh, it's like, um,
0: and I definitely sense that, you know, in in my time there that, I mean, there's, there's something in me as a Gentile believer that I definitely feel like some of that sense of being at home when you go to Israel, there's, there's, we are grafted in and, uh, that's my future home as much as it is yours. And, and, and you sense that there, but I also sense on the ethnic side, you see, you you see the, the religious Jews there and they're clearly happy. They're clearly, um, I want to say at peace, but I mean like with themselves, you know, obviously they've got, um, conflict with the neighbors and whatnot, but, uh, but they definitely everything that the Jews have been through in the last thousand two thousand years it's it's kind of nice to see obviously I want them to come to faith in- in Messiah to to know their Messiah, but it is nice to at least see that they have a place where they can be safe and and free well, and, well thank
2: you for saying that because uh, it is nice it is um uh and to be spiritually ideologically connected to the land um <clears throat> is uh, is something very unique. You know what they say with it's
0: the, it's hard to describe. You have to be there to to understand it. You have to go there. You can't I can't describe it.
2: Yeah. Yeah you do. Um now I know a lot of Christians, they 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 get it.
0: Mm-hmm. They
2: get it. Uh, part of it is because as you say, you're you're grafted in. But um a lot of people don't get it, and uh, but that's you know that's uh, that's a different battle.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: For me, um, I I went there four times before I realised that deep down, <clears throat> um, I've you know I feel like a strange man in a strange land in New Zealand. As beautiful as it is, you know, have a look at the the the, the nature of New Zealand, the the, the topography. Have a look mm-hmm. at the the Lord of the Rings movies or the Hobbit or the the Narnias. You'll see how beautiful it is, and yet um, I never felt it was my home. Mm. Um, so. A, a very strong sense of a uh, call, a sense of yearning was growing within me, particularly in that last year of my Bible college. Mm. And when, uh, when I had to face the, um, you know, graduating, what am I going to do? Um, there were a couple of doors that were opening for me to go to uh, Israel. There were a couple of doors also open for me to stay in New Zealand and, Definitely, by far, the 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 urge of coming to Israel was growing and growing. I was mm. actually fighting it because I wanted to make sure that uh, I knew I was mm. making the right That's decision. A, well,
0: it's a big, it's a big move. Yeah. It's a big change. It was a
2: lot easier staying in New Zealand, uh, even though I didn't. It wasn't exactly the place that I felt at home. But uh, there was a couple of things that uh, pushed me over the edge where I knew that this was more than just um an emotional call this mm-hmm. was a, a I be, what I believe at the time and I still believe was a was a call from the lord um and I part of that call I believe is um is uh, connected to some of the biblical prophecies where the lord said I will scatter you among the nations I will uh, drive you out of the land, and we we Jewish people we know all about that. Mm-hmm. We accept that. We accept that um, uh, we we failed the Lord uh, as His covenant people. That do- doesn't mean that He He uh, totally rejected us, but as part of His disciplining love, that we had to live out of the land, and we accept that. Um, but also the prophet said i will one day bring you back and uh it was uh the early 90s 1991 <clears throat> when uh i started to feel the lord calling me and it was actually in a in a time where there were about 1.6 million russian jews uh that were allowed to leave the former soviet union because mm-hmm. for for decades based on the you know Lenin and Stalin uh, leaderships and communism, where they were not allowed to leave, or, or they weren't even allowed to practice their Judaism. But all of a sudden, with um, Perestroika and the falling of the the Iron Curtain and Gorbachev and mm-hmm. uh, Reagan, <clears throat> that uh, the doors were open. So they,
0: I remember seeing the the ads on TV here in the states. There was, uh, was Rabbi, uh, Menachem Schneerson? I want to say Eckstein.
2: Ah, Yechiel Epstein. Yes,
0: and he was soliciting donations that you know every so many you know it was like uh, three hundred dollars. You can you can help a Russian Jew make Aliyah or to, to yeah. move to I- Israel. And um, now later, I learned that that those donations were not necessary. That LL Airlines will bring the bring them for free. <laughs> but, well, uh, you know what? Um, yeah. Uh, I think
2: I think a lot of uh, financial uh, support went into not only bringing them but absorbing them as well. Mm-hmm. So if the money didn't go for the flights, sure, it would have. Hopefully, I hope it went toward uh, absorbing them.
0: Now I came along at the end. Of, it was the end of the night. It was ninety nine that I was saved, May of ninety nine. So it was. Kinda- we we're, we're into that you know the, the the iron curtain had been down for almost a decade and yeah. and not but uh yeah they were still pushing hard with um these these russian Jews you know they they've got an opportunity now who knows when that door will close well yeah they they
2: came and i came in the middle of that wave of of aliyah of immigration um and uh you know i didn't have much in my bank account didn't know a lot of people mm-hmm. um, but i was I, bege- I it was a new chapter in my life a massive massive change for me um you know it kind of reminds me of abraham or or at least walking in the footsteps of abraham uh, how he was told get out of your your people your land your country and go to the place that i show you lacha mm-hmm. and uh he went and uh like like Abraham, many Jews came. They're still coming. And uh, I had to start uh, a new chapter in my life. And, you know, in some ways I'm glad I didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, you know, this is living the dream. You know, for 2,000 years, Jews living in exile, you know, they, they pray three times a year, Shana HaBabi Yerushalayim, next year maybe in Jerusalem dream of coming back uh you know exile is it's a huge topic mm-hmm. um but uh you know now we we have the opportunity to to come to the land and I, I took that step and i i I'm so so happy proud um thankful uh to to hashem to God for the privilege of living in, in the, this generation. Um, and, uh, at, at the time I, 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 struggled. It was very difficult. The language, uh, I knew how to read and write. I didn't really know yeah, how
0: to speak. No. So,
2: so it was, it was, a, you know, some people they have a gift of picking up language and I struggled
0: big time. Um, well, you clearly picked it up. Um, you know part of why you're not only here but why why you're here like at my home is we were doing a little bit of filming for uh, our upcoming we we did the Jerusalem's King in 2014 and released in 2015 and and now with Ryan we're working on a follow-up called The Conquest and and you did a, a couple scenes here we just set up a green screen in my garage and uh um had some fun with that and you were doing it in Hebrew and uh Ryan's really the the he he's the one that knows what we're doing I'm just kind of an assistant and he asked me to do this and that, and I just do it. And so I'm kind of eager to see what's, what's in his mind. You know, what, what's, what's this, you know, I'm about as, I might have a little better idea than you've got, but not my (laughs) much. What, what this finished product will be like,
1: but yeah, it was
0: fun. And maybe you clearly like, I've got the sheet in front of us here where it's written in large Hebrew and uh, you clearly got that down.
2: Well, you know, I've been living there now, coming up to thirty years, so mm-hmm. um, I'm getting it. I'm, I can. My Hebrew is pretty good now. <laughs>
0: it's taken yeah. a
2: long time, though. Yeah. Um. So yeah, having to overcome the language and the 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 Middle Eastern mentality barriers. Uh, what is
0: that? What do you mean by the middle? Well
2: just uh the the west and the east sometimes they they clash and uh they're two different worlds apart just the 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 way of thinking the way of, the, the way of expressing the um the the sense of humor the um the directness the abruptness uh that can be interpreted as being um
0: arrogant okay uh,
2: when uh, most of the time it's not it's just getting to the point mhm um and then the whole issue of uh going from a place like new zealand where you know the 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 biggest conflicts are on the sports fields
0: mm-hmm.
2: whereas here in the middle east it's uh very very different there are existential issues yeah. At uh, at stake, and I learned that at a deeper level, because a couple of years after I immigrated, I was drafted into the uh, IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces, mm-hmm. and uh, there's you know another chapter, another chapter, another new phase in life, and that was very hard, very difficult. It happened to be right in the middle of summer, so you know, averaging oh, hundred and five, hundred and ten degrees. You're up at five in the morning. You've got all the the uh, the heavy duty um, uniforms with your your uh, iFODs and your uh, not i-fods, e and your helmet and your water containers and your gun and, your, and it's 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 heavy and your boots mm-hmm. and you're you're sweating and your your days end at like eleven in the evening and um, <clears throat> you know that that five or ten minutes that you've got in the shower after sweating all day and carrying all your stuff it's like it's, it's just a glimpse of heaven. <laughs> Before, you have to go to bed, and then what seems like 10 minutes later, get woken up and you do the same thing. This was, of course, the basic training, mm-hmm. which was, a, for me, it was like a living hell. It was very difficult. My Hebrew wasn't so good then. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, just the mentality.
0: But now, is it, was it easier that uh, English is a very strong second language in Israel?
2: Well, it is, but not in the army. Okay, <laughs> not in the army. No, sure. that's that's a different sphere. But if you're out on the street, and were so the, the
0: other recruits kind of help each other with? Um, you know, if you're struggling with your Hebrew, do they? Not
2: really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> a lot of my unit were Russians. Okay. It was like a few French. Oh, so they
0: they're probably weaker. The Russians are probably a lot weaker in their English than.
2: Oh yeah, they were. Especially back then. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, most of them, I'm talking about 90, Mid-90s. I don't know, 93, percent were Russians. Mm-hmm. And then there was a few French. There were a few. Um, the French all know English, but they won't speak it if <laughs> they can avoid it. I think you're right. <laughs> and then there was a couple. There was, I think, one or two. It was so many years ago, uh, like Americans and maybe one Englishman and one South African. Mm-hmm. So um it was it was a struggle but um you know uh it's part of uh, absorbing into the society here and while I'm not uh you know I don't like the whole idea of war and all of that I mean who does mm-hmm. um I am totally for the IDF the Israeli defense forces and, mm-hmm. and uh, I I do like to emphasize the the fact that it is a defense force. We are not looking to overthrow any uh, other country or dictatorship, even though at times we could justify
0: doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's another thing you pick up on being in the land, you know, just even on a short two week trip, you know, you kind of pick up on some of that because there's a presence there, especially in the old city, uh, Jerusalem, You see the soldiers, and they're just young. They look like they're right out of high school, walking around with M-16 slung over their shoulders. And I went out there to protect everyone. Uh, And then when when I I was on my tour in February of 2014, we were up in the Golan, and uh, we could hear some of the shelling in the distance as they were fighting in Syria. And we'd see the helicopters flying from Syria. and, And I'd overhear at the hotel at breakfast, I'd overhear that, they're very quiet about it, but the Israelis are bringing some of the rebel, the injured rebel forces in and giving them medical care, and um, they're not telling the world about it. They're just taking care of them.
2: Business as usual, kind of
0: caring about their neighbors, uh, the neighbors who might otherwise want to kill them, but they're taking care of them anyway. Yeah, kind of like we were talking at lunch. We, we made a comment about we're commanded to to love our neighbor, but that doesn't mean we necessarily have to like them. <laughs> And there's yeah. definitely a lot of that going on in Israel. With, uh, yeah. Well, you know, um
2: we uh I think for the most part the the actual uh, the the actual um populations, the 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 people that live in the surrounding nations, um, you know, we we have a quite quite healthy um attitude and feeling towards them mm-hmm. it's it's the the Leadership.
0: leaderships mm-hmm. that are uh serious issues it's interesting you say that because i've been i've been following this guy well i'm going to use the term kind of loosely but but uh on twitter i i, I read this this guy he's uh he's a california hermit but <laughs> he lives off of investments since so he spends a lot of time he calls himself a hermit he just he's antisocial. he's got some uh self-professed ptsd from grew up in Venezuela and around the country or all around the world and a lot of different things, but, um, likes to study military, uh, anything military he can around the world. And, and, uh, he likes to talk about the Gulf cooperation council and which is a, an agreement between many of the, uh, middle Eastern countries where they're cooperating with each other. And, uh, he's posted some very interesting stuff that you're never going to see on, on CNN or, or even Fox News, and um, I remember seeing videos of Iraqis um, f- talking directly to Israel and Israelis, and just it, the total opposite of what you'd expect. Right? You know, and, and we, it, we 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 love you, we care for you, we want good for you. You know that kind of thing. And yeah,
2: and 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 it's happening more and more, particularly through social media. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, of course, these peoples from these nations, they have to be careful themselves, otherwise they'll find themselves in trouble. But, um, yeah, so my time in the the military was, um, you know, quite quite an experience, and I managed to, you know, survive (laughs) that. And uh,
0: then there was a nice job waiting for me. Um, you no, know, man, I'm going to—we just had a little visitor I'm going to go just say hi to. But maybe we'll—I'd uh, like to cut in a little break. Sure. So we'll cut in a break. I'll uh, take talk to my visitor, and then we'll come back and pick up where Sounds we're Sounds good. At. <laughs> right. Thanks, Andy.
2: The good news is Striving for Eternity would love to come to your church to spend two days with your folks teaching them biblical hermeneutics. That's right, the art and science of interpreting Scripture— The bad news is somebody attending might be really upset to discover Jeremiah 2911 should not be their life verse. To learn more, go to strivingforeternity.org to host a Bible interpretation made easy seminar in your area.
0: yeah welcome back so uh yeah it was interesting i i i uh but my wife is at work right now, and her mom is here watching the kids and so a little different normally normally mom keeps kids out when we're doing shows and uh my little girl came in just wanted a lollipop, so great time to take a break but so we were talking a little bit about um the people that live around Israel and i my story of seeing, to my surprise, these Iraqis that were speaking very favorably of Israelis and and whatnot. Clearly um, they're as tired of conflict as, as anyone else is. Yeah, sure.
2: Well, no one, no one in Israel likes uh, war and no one likes uh, burying their own children Mm -hmm. or seeing someone else's children buried. But that's the reality of uh, having to fight for our survival. And, um, you know, I am definitely not a pacifist. I am, on the other hand, not an extreme right-wing nationalist like a zealot, um, but I do believe in uh, being responsible mm-hmm. and I believe that our uh, our uh, defense forces are there uh, defending the civilians and um, if we have to you know in the line of defense do something that is uh is not very pleasant then i guess you can put that under what's called the lesser of the two evils because to to sit by idly and let terrorists fundamentalists you know take over um in my opinion is is worse mm-hmm. so i yeah i did what every israeli does uh i was drafted into the army um, did six months and then I had to do one month every year, um, basic, uh, not basic training, um, reserve, Reserves, yeah. reserve duty. I did that for 11 years. And when I was about 43, they retired me as a sergeant. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then a new, uh, chapter it was when I began working in a messianic community inside of the heart of Jerusalem. Uh, I worked in a bookshop. This is in the days where before the um, websites, before um, Kindles, this is where bookshops, you know, still had a place in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they uh,
0: haven't completely gone the way of it. They're not like Blockbuster Video. I, mean, I agree. <laughs> you still see them.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree. But, you know, most, know you mean, most yeah. would struggle. Mm-hmm. Most bookshops these days struggle. But you're right, some people <laughs> – they much prefer a uh, reading from a book version rather than on a on an app or an iPod. Mm-hmm. In any event, uh, they were uh, the next twelve years of my life was in these four walls of a bookshop called Emanuel Bookshop, right in the heart of uh, Jerusalem's old city. And we 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 did operate as a bookshop. We had to operate professionally. We had to pay the bills. We had to get our salaries, etc. But really, the heart of the the shop was uh ministry reaching out to the community evangelism discipleship. Mm-hmm. lots of tourists coming through um wanted a place to to hang out to to dialogue to to debate to talk so they were fantastic years i I truly love it I had mm-hmm. the privilege of working with particularly two great men um uh, the two managers. We we formed a fantastic team. It was uh, lots of stories, lots of conversations. Um,
0: and- it, is that? Um, I remember going to a bookstore when we were in Jerusalem. It was a kind of. I, I it wasn't in in the old city. It was kind of more towards Ben Yehuda Street. I think is that? Yeah, yeah I no, that's not the shop.
2: That okay. I believe is probably what's called the Bible Society. Okay, on Jaffa Road. Yeah, we were a different one. We were inside okay. of the Jaffa Gate. Um, and in the year two thousand, there broke out a, a a war called the Intifada. It was the second Intifada. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I remember that.
2: Yeah, and that the next six years was a war, and uh, our shop got severely affected by that. Yeah. tourism dropped off, and that was also at the time that the internet, where people, you know, would would buy purchase books through the internet a lot cheaper. Um, and so it affects, we, 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 were being affected from many, many different sides. So I kind of saw the writing on the wall and financially in any event, it was a struggle, you know, working for a, a believer's bookshop, not too many millionaires that uh, come from, uh, Christian bookshops. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any event, um, uh, during that time that I, that 12 years that I was in the shop, i Met my wife. She is uh, also like myself, Jewish, Jewish background. She immigrated to the land by herself. We, she's from uh,
0: Illinois. If I remember, she's from right.
2: Chicago, Illinois, correct? And uh, we uh, we got uh, married. We had four children in five and a half years. Um, we uh, we we struggled. You know, typical young family trying to uh pay the bills mm-hmm. trying to um trying to raise a family uh second generation kids in the faith um as i say she came from also from a, Jew, a non-believing jewish family so and um and she had similar struggles with language was with the mentality and in absorbing into the society and so it was actually her that saw after about ten years working in the bookshop, um, in the newspaper, a advertisement for tour guiding school, being an Israeli tour guide. She showed it to me, and she she knew I was starting to, after ten years in the same four walls, starting to get a little bit of itchy feet. So she presented it to me and asked what I thought about. It. And I don't know, I wasn't that keen on a, the idea of being a tour guide. I, I thought it would probably be fun but what really attracted me was the um the curriculum that they were teaching i thought you know i'd really i got a real passion and a desire to to learn to educate myself mm-hmm. and being in the bookshop for 12 years i had a lot of that cuz i read lots mm-hmm. but uh this was like broader.
0: It's kind of a a bible school almost in the, oh, in my the land gosh. I mean.
2: yeah uh i just like was like a kid in a candy store looking at all the different uh, topics. Mhm. So I applied and uh started to get excited. They accepted me into the school and it was a it was a 2-year course designed for people that have to work. So mm-hmm. it was like a few half days a week and one full day field trip. So um
0: let me Which, just t- But I- having been over there it's, it's I can, I can totally see that because especially if you're in like Jerusalem, it's not more than a couple hours to the edge of the country.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, the, the problem is, is that, uh, every, everywhere you go, you've got just layer after layer after layer of history, archeology, span mm-hmm. geology, geography, flora, fauna, the wars, the battles. It's just, uh, so the first two, three weeks of the school were, like, wonderful. But then uh, the burden of the um, overwhelmness of information that not only, you know, the, the fun side is sitting, listening, uh, you know, taking it in. The, 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 the burdensome part is how am I going to absorb and remember? all of this because there's a big exam at the end.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so for me, it was, a, the whole course was kind of a little bit fear based knowing that I'm going to be questioned and how am I going to remember this is just too much. So um, I struggled that, you know, academically, that was a very difficult course. And all I can say is this, the day that I took the final exam, when the uh, chief judge came out and uh, told me that I'd passed, um, it was another very defining uh, moment in my life that I'll never forget. Uh, I remember thinking to myself, you know, I gave 300%, uh percent but, but even still I never thought that I could ever pass something like this. So when he told me that I'd passed, I was like um, – it was, it was just a, a great moment in my life, and mm-hmm. uh, so I took the family out and celebrated. <laughs> and um, then the, the jump from theory to practically being a tour guide, um, that also was a, a challenge, having to learn different sc- skills.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> and, um, but over, over a very quick period, you know, you're thrown in the deep end like most things in life and uh you know i started to uh to develop that uh that skill and uh now it's been almost 10 years later and uh, i've guided i don't know i would say on average 30 tours 30 groups 30 churches a year
0: that's and that's almost constant then right well right now I mean, it you're is you're looking at about a week to 2 weeks average trip right correct so at thirty at a week and a half is gonna give you not very many weeks off.
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 difficult. And that's
0: well, yeah, I was gonna say it's gotta to be tough with your your family's not traveling around Israel. You're not going even though it's not real far, you're not going home at night. You're staying in the same hotels as your tour groups. And so you're away from family a lot. That's
2: Yeah, it's been hard on the family. My my wife used to homeschool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then when I started to be away a lot, it was just too much. So, um, you know, and then missing out on, you know, the kids end of year, uh, activities or, uh, um, guitar or, or harp concerts, mm-hmm. it's, it's horrible not being able to be there. However, you know, as best as I can, I try to make it up to them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, part of that is here being here and, uh, yeah, he, you
0: brought your daughter and her friend with, and it was beautiful. Yeah, it was great to meet the, both of them. And,
2: Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's it's um it's been a, a real ride for ten years. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: rubbing shoulders with so many
2: people.
0: Um Like, well, I've noticed this isn't your first trip. At least since our tour, it's not since my tour. It's not your first trip here, and your wife is from Illinois, so you you get back to see her family from time to time and whatnot. But uh, I I've noticed that in these trips. You're taking these side trips like you just got back from San Diego, which is a. Yeah. um, um, If I'm coming
2: over here, I'll try to make the best of it. And so. You're you're um, meeting
0: with different churches that you've led tours. That's right.
2: We went, we did go to Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, I flew to Santa Rosa where I, I got a group. I, I flew to Virgaville, which is uh, another place that I got and then to San Diego. Mm -hmm. Um, Been to Hawaii as well. So it's, it's, doors open um Damn.
0: it's tiring but it's it's it is fun it is it is exciting sharing well, that's got to be rewarding you know just i that's something i enjoy about podcasting is i don't get to meet face to face but i i meet a lot of people virtually you know yeah. um other other guests like guests other podcasters uh listeners hey and, listen it's Andy, such, if you want to so if you want
2: to swap Six. If you want to do all that traveling and oh, time zones and missing out on sleep, and I'll sit in the chair and do it. But Vakasha, you're welcome. Because it is. It's tiring. It's. It is fun, no question. It's, but it's yeah,
0: that's why I wouldn't trade it. It's. It's to be tiring, but. But it. The rewarding, it's, There is some reward to it too. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: But um, I'm uh, I'm really thankful. Um, it is a great job. It's mm-hmm. a ministry as well.
0: You know, um, well, that's, I, 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 it really made our trip. I mean, there were a lot of things that made our trip and make Ryan's all of Ryan's trips. Ryan leads them every two years. And, uh, one is it's, you've got a great personality for it and, and it's, it's wonderful, wonderful having a believer lead these tours. So we can, you, you know, the scriptures well enough that you can tell the stories about what Messiah did here and what Jesus did there. And, and and even as you're leading through kind of some of the Old Testament stuff, how that foreshadows into the New Testament and and laying the groundwork for Messiah and whatnot, and it's it's extra rewarding to have a, a guide that not only knows that but believes it too, and and then there's always a connection, you know, when two believers meet from a world apart, there's always a connection there. Yeah.
2: Well, my goal, I always say at the beginning of a tour, is that by the end of a tour. Uh, you're going to be reading a different Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you come from the West naturally. As you approach the Bible, you're going to be reading it from a Western perspective. But uh, you know, you can you can study yourself without coming to the Holy Land how to correctly yeah. uh, read the Bible. But being there, you know, you can't get the the, the sense of the geography totally. Well, yeah, by there's studying. something
0: about. You know, reading about Elijah while you're sitting on the top of Mount Carmel. That's right.
2: Or <laughs> standing on the Mount of Olives yeah. and talking about Zechariah 14. His feet are going to stand here. Mm-hmm. You're right. So I, um, you know, I encourage uh, believers to, to come to taste the Holy Land. And uh, I guarantee it will enrich your faith. It will uh, help you, you know.
0: Well I, I haven't met very many people who have been there over there who haven't said, I'm coming back. I want to come back.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad to hear that. And I know second time is always different because the first time yeah. for the most part, it's, a, it's like
0: drinking out of a fire hose sometimes. Cause just,
2: yeah, it's, it's, you don't know what to expect. It's a little bit overwhelming, mm-hmm. but the second time you go in with your eyes open and um, you have a little bit different e- expectation perspective Um, And you've, you're different. You've moved on from where you were a year or two years before. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at it from that uh, perspective, different eyes. And that's why I can go tour after tour after tour um, because I'm moving on and it's part of my walk in life. And I've got different people on the buses. So they ask different questions. You know what the rabbis used to say, my greatest teachers are my students. So, that always oh, yeah. motivates me. But but I know I know if I'm um, you know, if I'm not uh if I don't really um keep myself fresh in in my my personal relationship with the Lord, then I can just, you know, I can just go about business as usual, tell mm. the same old stories, give the same old history, same old archaeology. But when I'm when I'm really getting that fresh mana, that fresh do from heaven it just makes such a difference and um and i i i i do want my life to make an impact Mm -hmm. i i um you know i know when other people's lives impact my life what a difference it makes and i want to do the same for Mm -hmm. others so i'm motivated um i'm motivated to continue to study 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 because i want Uh, I want to be a better tour guide. I want to give out more information. I want to tell better jokes. Mm -hmm. So I'm always, you know, trying to find a new joke. So Mm -hmm. if you've got a new one, you can pass (laughs) that on. And, um, you know, so that people have a good experience coming to the Holy Land. They can go back home. They can be greater intercessors. They can uh, correct um, fake news, or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. that uh, you know is is rampant in the world, and uh, be ambassadors for us, you know, in their perspective country. So,
0: mm-hmm. but it's great to be
2: here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, <laughs> yeah. or uh, Eden. You came Eden in the,
0: about the best time of year here. Um, beautiful. If you're if you visit the South, uh, they, they they don't like summer. Summers their least favorite. Uh, uh, season here in Minnesota we've got such cold winters that it's our best season and this is and it's a nice nice day today too it wasn't too hot it's not humid it's it it's a great time well as the Minnesotans Minnesota. say
2: oh yeah you betcha <laughs> you
0: betcha yep yeah. well I had I, I didn't know uh really what we were going to talk about today and I think I have so much that I would love to ask but I think we're Coming up on time. I know you, you, you we mentioned your daughter. you got to get back to your daughter. I got to get back to my daughter who came in looking for a lollipop and probably needs a nap. And, but, uh, so I, I, I think we, I could easily do three more hours here, uh, and, and talk about some of the other things that we never even touched on. But, uh, I thank you for coming. And I, I wasn't intending to sell tours, not for us, not for you, but I definitely want to help, you know, like, that's your bread and butter, and I thoroughly enjoyed your tour. And I know Ryan enjoy Ryan not only enjoys him. He said he's not allowing anybody else to lead his tours. he's, uh, he's been asked by um, your the the organization you work through. You know, can, can somebody else do a tour? No, nope. we will wait until Aaron is available. <laughs> uh, but uh, w- what can listeners do to to learn more about you, or maybe if they're interested in a tour, where can they go for that, or? uh other ministries you might be doing or
2: yeah well at this stage i'm uh just you know got my hands full with with guiding full time and mm-hmm. uh, raising a family um you know i'm i'm planning on doing a few uh go, going a little bit into you know filming um teachings on a website in the meantime um i would ask for prayer Mm-hmm. I'll ask for prayer, for uh, myself, what I do for my my wife, who she actually has a serious lung uh, problem, mm-hmm. bronchiectasis, and uh, for my my children, who we're trying to raise up in the faith. Um, and uh, if people want to get in touch, uh, I have an email, and it's uh, my name, Aharon, A H A, R O N, number one at live L I V E dot com and uh you're welcome to uh and you do a newsletter article. so yeah and I do. I do every couple of months a newsletter, yeah. uh a, a little bit of personal and uh some information about what's been going on in the region mm-hmm. and um ways to pray for the situation. So yeah, I do that every two or three months.
0: All right. Well thanks and uh I'd love to have you back sometime, whether it's my next trip to Israel or your next trip to Minnesota, I'd love to, to sit down with you and talk about more stuff and other ministry. You know, we kind of touched a little bit on some of the ministry, especially like through the bookstore and uh working yeah. in old old city and stuff. And um I I would I would have loved to talk to you more about being a believer in Israel. You know, what is that like? And I you know, obviously that's that could take a whole hour or two more hours to really talk about that. So um sometime. I'd love to have you back to talk about some of that stuff but
2: uh I'd love to Andy thank you I really enjoyed today. So, it's great to see you and uh you're coming when again did you
0: say? Uh Ryan and I and our wives are going to be out uh, in the spring to work on filming for The Conquest which is our next film. Right. And uh I think I I I don't know a lot of details yet but I think Ryan's still working on some fundraising and stuff for that so we can pay for the trip but uh Good. um that's uh, I guess at least tentatively the plan is next spring, and then uh, you know he does the trips every two year, every even numbered year he does a, a tour. So he did one just a few months ago, and there'll be another one in twenty twenty. And and uh, my oldest is eleven. I think as he gets closer to 1516 16. Um, I'm I'm up. I hope to start bringing my kids over at least one by one, and and uh, letting them see the land. And um, uh, the, the they haven't had a whole lot of time outside of America. Uh, the last time. My oldest was really outside of America. He was three years old, and we've traveled around Europe a little bit. But uh, so I'd love to get him out and see the rest of the world a little bit. And, right. So we'll definitely be back.
2: <laughs> well, I'll look forward to seeing you um, when you come over.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, yeah, we can maybe do Chapter 2. Yeah. Uh, then. Sounds good. Thanks so much. You're welcome, Andy. Thank you.
1: Echo Zoe Radio is an outreach of Echo Zoe Ministries. If you are blessed by the show, please consider offering your support. There are many things you can do to help, including prayer, sharing the show with others, and your financial support. Echo Zoe Ministries is a registered nonprofit organization with 501c3 tax exempt status, and your donations are tax deductible. For more information about how you can support Echo Zoe Ministries, please visit echozoe.comslash support.
0: That wraps up episode 125. Thanks for listening to Equazoi Radio. For show notes, visit slash 125. Be sure to check out the website also for links to connect with Equazoi on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook and love to connect with you, so follow and like Equazoi Ministries. You can also help us get the word out too by sharing or retweeting the announcements for your favorite episodes. That not only helps others be introduced to the show, but it helps give me an indication of which episodes people really enjoy the most. And with that, Lord willing, we'll be back next month for the October episode of Echo Zoe Radio.